Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to episode 8 of It's 5 O'Clock Somewhere. I'm Alexandra Wyman. And I'm Anna Gazzetti, and we are the Russian sisters. Hey, hey. Thank you for joining us for another episode Y'all, we are international. What? We are. Um, yes. Is very exciting. Producer, tech guy extraordinaire, Rickaford, um, said that we are in Canada. We are being listened to in Canada, the UK, Russia, Zambia, France, Belgium, Brazil. I think we toasted them. Australia. We toasted them. Mm. Portugal, Jamaica, Ireland, Mexico, and the Philippines. How appropriate for Ireland since we're celebrating St. Patty's Day. Happy St. Patty's Day, everybody. Um, we are so excited that we have over 500 downloads, too, for our oh, podcast. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for embracing this journey and joining us as we figure all this out. I know, on our crazy adventures. Yeah, yeah, we're so appreciative. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Hey, do you know where it's 5 o'clock right now? You're going to tell me. It doesn't even matter because it's St. Patty's Day. Woo! So we are going to toast the people everywhere. Yeah. Um, and you. We are toasting you today with green beer. Green beer. Alexandra's got a Witkist. Do you say that? Or Witkist? Witkist white grapefruit or Witkist white <laughs> grapefruit? You know, I don't know. I it's don't a, even know. It's it, a white ale. It's a white ale. With but today fruit. it's green. Today it's green because it we've got green beers. Yeah. Um, from Odell Brewing right yeah. here in Colorado. And Cheers. I've got a Henry Weinhard's Private Reserve Northwest style mm. lager. Yeah, I don't it's even what know we what could find in my fridge. Yeah, I don't know what really any of what that means. Down to. But it's like from the Cascades. I'm not even sure when this beer, any of this beer is from. Potentially, I'm not even sure if it's from last summer. It might have been from the summer before. <laughs> well, this will be an adventure. Cheers, Cheers. to you all. I'm going to take a sip. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That was not rehearsed, by the way. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys, March Madness continues. It does. Um, we are very excited about our guest today, Misty Coolis. Oh, man. Pretty amazing. She's Y'all are in for a treat. Collegiate coach and referee. And extraordinary. Hilarious. Oh, totally funny. One of our dear friends. So we are super pumped to have her on this show. But first, let's talk about some stories of the week. Yeah. Um, what do you have? Oh, me first? Yeah. Oh, that just happened. Um, Updates. Let's see. Um, My bathroom project Mm. is finally underway, which is really exciting. Cheers to that. Thank you. About how many months ago? Four or five months ago, I decided to upgrade the master bath and the guest bath. So the master bath is about 95% there. That is so exciting. It is really exciting. So it's it's a little Jekyll and Hyde. Half the bathroom is still brass. <laughs> and half the half the bathroom is a nice uh oh what is it called? Nickel? Is it nickel? Yeah, like brushed nickel. Brushed nickel. That there you mm-hmm. go. That's it's very it's pretty. Like. I'm obviously ready to roll today. But it's having an identity crisis. A little bit. So I got to I got to keep working on that, you know. It's like am I 80s? Yeah. 80s and 90s or am I like 2000s? I don't know. Yeah. 
So that's really exciting. That's been a big thing. It's a big project and yeah. it's very pretty. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Mm. And I think, uh, I think there's some other little projects around. I, you know, might get a deck, you know, might paint the house, feed the hog, you know, <laughs> No, you got some projects going on. Yeah, I don't. I gosh, home ownership it never ends, right? It never ends. There's always something, is what they say. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was pretty much the big highlight of this week. Yeah, yeah. What um, about for you? I feel like oh. we were grizzly bear aunties this week. Because early on, um, niece came, we were having family dinner and oh, I we was like, Hey niece, dinner. how are you doing? And she, and the first thing out of her mouth was none, I'm having some drama this week. And I was like, what? Yeah. She's 10. Tell me about it. And so she, she there was just some friend drama, but yeah. I, I turned into like, who is this person who's saying bad things oh, to you? And it was things. zero to 60 for Anna. <laughs> she, she was like, Whose parents do I have to talk to? What child do I have to take out? And where's the counselor? I'm calling the school. What is happening? Where's the principal? I know. And you're like, whoa. I know. I threw out a lot of, if it were happening in my school, I would, right? And oh. I just turned into that. And all she wanted to do was just share a story with her aunt. I know. She's like, I'm just having a hard time. And I'm like, what? Could I have the aunt, not the counselor? Mm-hmm. I know. I, I. Well, it's funny how like I took off one hat and put on the other hat. And I was yeah. like, I am not a counselor at this moment. Oh, I will counsel was- you through this. And give you some yeah. guidance but no at the time I was like very it protective also just of her happened that I gave you some incorrect information and may have told you that the situation was far worse than it was hence the initial reaction yeah luckily the situation was not as bad as not either of us close. had thought it there was, was some drama literally girl drama I don't like you drama. I don't like you I like you I like you let's mm-hmm. be friends okay right so fifth grade stuff. yeah so it's pretty uh, normal. Shoot, I still go through that and we won't say how old I am. But yeah. <laughs> but I think that was like a, a deal for me to work through this week. Like, chill. Mm, chill, B. That's a good, they that's got a good this. lesson. Let the girls figure yeah, it out. And maybe they get did. all the information first before calling the principal and the parents. Yeah, I didn't call anyone for the record. <laughs> and the girls went, they went on an outing and bought each other the best friend necklaces. So, you know, it's oh, all is good. Is that what they did? <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. One has best and the other has friends. It's oh, awesome. Boy. But right, oh, like boy. we knew, we knew it was gonna. But in the moment, I was like, "What? Who is oh, this girl?" This mm-hmm. stuff carries. Well, true, yeah. Truth be told, I mean, I did tell Anna this story. I had in high school, um, let's see, in eighth grade, this guy. I mean, have I already told this story? In eighth grade, this guy was like terrorizing me, just terrorizing me, and I, no idea why. I was like, we don't, we don't have the same friends. We don't really have classes together. Went all the way through like freshman year and finally one of my friends went up to him and was like, what, what did she do? And literally his response was in eighth grade, she bumped into me in the hallway and didn't apologize. Is that insane? So that created a year and a half Mm -hmm. of like literally every chance that he could, (laughs) he would say something, punch me, like whatever he could. And I was like, okay. It's nuts. Some of my middle schoolers, when they had drama, I was helping them through this in the last couple of weeks. Um, I was like, did you guys get along in elementary? And they're like, no, we don't like each other because something that happened in fourth grade. And I was like, fourth Mm -hmm. grade, let's let it go, Elsa. (laughs) Yeah. Let it go. You should just have a smart board in your office and just have that running. So then way, that, mm-hmm. that, then way, mm-hmm. then way, <laughs> that way, when a kid starts doing that, you just hold up the remote. Pause for one second, please. Mm-hmm. Beep. You mean I shouldn't break out in song? It's probably better. <laughs> <laughs> might be more effective. They might engage more if it's mm-hmm. on the smart board mm-hmm. than you. Mm-hmm. You're they so might right. be like, uh, we're not coming back and talking to you again. <laughs> no, this lady is nuts. 
Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of happened. That did happen. Um. Yeah. What else? Oh. Um. Well, I don't know that I have much else. I was going to talk about. Um, things Buddy has taught me this week. Ooh, I like to hear what Buddy. Well, we wanted to see, you know, and you guys can give us feedback because Anna does her what Twitter taught her. And I was like, maybe I should do a what Buddy has taught me. Because he's fun. He, well, he is fun and he is teaching me quite a bit. Um, okay, so one of the first things he taught me actually yesterday is you are never too young to lick chocolate off a spatula. Never. No. Mm-hmm. He did a really good job with that. Yeah. All over his face. It was perfect. It was super cute. Um, another thing, he definitely is a fantastic problem solver. So I have Mm. to be a little bit careful here. Um, he is fascinated with the water and ice dispenser in the refrigerator. Ah. And a saving grace for me has been, he has not been tall enough to reach. He he does and he can touch it, but he does, he doesn't have the leverage to push it. Um, so he happened to find a hanger that I had put on the table after getting him some new jammies because he's grown a little bit. And he looked at the hanger and then literally immediately walked over to the fridge and started trying to push the, yeah. No way. Yeah. And I was like, ah! Because he was getting, he was gaining You were leverage. in so much trouble. Yeah. Because so, he's so smart. Yeah, and he definitely is getting taller. So he came out, I had a sample thing of paint on um, a credenza. I have because I was trying to see if it was the right glass. It's stupid story, but I was trying to see if it was the right finish. Okay, sample paint on the credenza, and he comes walking into the kitchen. And I was like, "What do you have?" And I'm, oh my gosh, you've got the paint! And he knows how to open. He knows how to turn and open containers like that now. So I was like, "Oh, thank you so much for bringing me the paint because I know that's what you were trying to do." So mm-hmm. we just had to replace it with an empty water bottle, and he was good. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, he's dangerous too. We definitely have to watch what we say in front of him anymore. Oh, yes. He repeats everything. Well, and you know, uh, there have been a couple times maybe that I've heard a, ah, uck, and I go, oh, boy. Oh, no. And he uses it correctly, and I'm like, don't use it correctly yeah. either. You He'll drop parrot. a toy. I know, drop a toy. Ah, uh, uck. No, no. You just say, uh-oh. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that makes it sound like I'm a, a really big potty mouth, and I'm not. No, you never cuss. Well, that was a my fib. nose just grew a little, <laughs> a little bit, <laughs> a little bit of a fit. But I don't cuss as much as uh-huh. maybe I used to. Yeah, yeah. We just definitely have to be more careful. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about for you? Yeah, let's switch. I've switch enough. it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, this week in our book study. We read a chapter on a appreciation, which we was did. actually really cool. It was. Um, and it was really centered around like how when you appreciate things or whatever situations, if you can, if you find something in a way to appreciate whatever it is that's coming your way, you tend to manifest those good things more often. And what I... Yes. So, so that was really awesome. And, um, I was having a conversation with Rickford earlier about how, um, I get really squishy when I, when I'm awarded with something or, and recently got an award at school and I get very squishy (laughs) about it. And I'm like, Oh, you know, and I tend to minimize. Can I just say, cause literally one day Anna's going on about a difficult situation and she's going on and we're talking it through. And then she goes, Oh, and I got this award. (laughs) And I was like, why didn't you start with that? That's how you should start the whole thing. Right. Because I'm like, Oh, I'm just minimizing the fact that someone recognized me for good work. Yeah. 
Yeah. And try not to be prideful about it. But I find, and I, this is what I was talking about with Ricky is that if I minimize it, then I'm minimizing other people's work and the, and their appreciation. So it was, Uh. it was a staff nominated thing. And if I discount it, then I'm discounting them and your hard work. And my hard work, which I, right, I know I've got a team behind me. And so I've got a a lot of people to be thankful for and why I'm able to do the good work that I'm doing. It's very easy to get caught into those more difficult situations and forget. Because even in this chapter, she does. It's Gabby Bernstein. We've been talking about, you know, eventually Mm -hmm. we'll move on to another book. Super attractor. It's week by week. I mean, there are many chapters. But she does talk about even in difficult situations, how can you find appreciation and gratitude and my first reaction was to throw up in my mouth because I was like, no. Uh, but it's because that's really hard to do. But it's fair. I mean, one of the things I've I've had to come to terms with is I may not be grateful for certain people and how they treat me, but I can be grateful for maybe the growth that situation is providing for me or. I don't even know But yeah. somewhere in there. There's something to be grateful for. And and I do agree with that. Right. And and so it was like if there are people who are rubbing you the wrong way or just Ugh. like are just very difficult people in your lives or as we say, grace growers, like what there, there has to, to be. Keep thinking grace growers, grace grower. There has to be something about this person that's worthy of appreciation. And, and I so, I love and yeah. I know that's super hard no, in the true. moment it's to true. do. Right. It's true. And so. It is. It is taking the time to figure out what is it about this person, and it, it, what, and it whatever doesn't necessarily it may be. have to be the person. No. I think that's my point too. Something they're doing there or a are way some they are that you're just like, okay, fine. I actually, it's interesting that this was the topic because in one of my therapy sessions this week, um, that's right, one of them, that <laughs> um, my therapist was talking to me about. Um, she actually brought up Brene Brown, which mm-hmm. we both love. And her idea of compassion and setting boundaries and how they go hand in hand and how when you set boundaries, it actually increases your compassion because not only for yourself, but for other people. Um, Absolutely. And you just tend to have more positivity when you can set really good boundaries. And one of the things she was, my therapist was saying was also that, you know, if you think, and we've had a friend who said, assume best intentions. Right. Right. We tend to assume that people are intentionally trying to be harmful or mm-hmm. mean or whatever. And she was like, what if you switch it to the, they're just doing the best that they can with what they have. Right. And and so I've really tried. It's been really hard for me, especially with my current situation. But I will say that I've tried to shift. And I I think I told you this a couple of weeks ago. Like I have to shift my thinking about this rather than yeah. rather than get sucked into the negative part. Like what can I hold on to that I can take away from this that might be helpful and and so it was a very common theme this week of right? maybe it- I should probably try and I know through gritted teeth. Fine. That's exactly it, right? We have <laughs> been told I think our entire lives the advice has been if if there's someone in your life who's who's difficult for you or one of those grace growers, right? We've been taught pray for them even if you have to pray through gritted teeth. Yeah. So that's kind of I I totally thought about that too in reading this chapter, yeah. especially in that segment about, you know, the difficult things that come your way or difficult situations. And I was telling Alexandra earlier, I think one of my struggles is in the moment when I'm going through a difficult, (laughs) difficult, if I can't speak or something, we are making up some good words. We are doing awesome today. Um, (laughs) If I'm going through a difficult situation in the moment to think, all right, what is, what is there to appreciate about this piece? 
Gosh, no. So sometimes I'm like in in the thick of it and try and just, you know, army crawl my way out. And then and then I might take a moment as I'm reflecting. Do you have tips of things that you do when you're in the moment to try and see yourself out of it? Not really. No, I'm still that's still a work in progress for me. What I noticed like the this last time this week, I had a a bit of a conflict. What I did notice that I allowed myself to to do was to acknowledge that I was sad about what was happening. Yeah. And then instead of just trying to shove that sadness down or try and find something to be happy to like switch things up, I was like, you know what? Be sad. You get today to be sad. Mm -hmm. And then tomorrow we can problem solve. Cause I definitely wasn't in a problem solving mindset. That's also what my therapist, well, cause my anxiety was really bad this week. Um, and last week it's been actually much better. And she, she was like, what if you just said, Hey, to your anxiety. And I was like, what? I know, right? Talk to what? it. And she's like, just say hi and really try. And that was interesting because then, so a therapist said that, then I listened to a podcast that happened to be, which is so, right? I, I feel like things were kismet because there, there was a podcast that I haven't listened to in a while and I meant to search for a different one and ended up typing in this person's name and it popped up and then it ended up being about anxiety and, and basically it said the same messaging like say hello to it recognize where it's coming from and and I wasn't realizing that I was resisting the anxiety more mm-hmm. which was causing more anxiety anyway I can go on a tangent about that but that's really interesting yeah but that is what tends to, to give, happen, but right? But to give your chance, your all right. Let's try that one more time. <laughs> give yourself a chance. It's the green beer. I'm mm-hmm. telling you. I know we're um, two sips in. <laughs> <laughs> to you know, give yourself a chance to actually feel it, recognize it, and then not have to hold on to it, and give yourself permission to let go of it in in time when it works for you, right? Totally. Yeah, because sometimes we just like this feeling is yucky. I don't want it. And then we just brush it away, but then it doesn't resolve. So, yeah, yeah, that's what I did this week anyway. I allowed myself to be sad. And then I found that after too long, I wasn't sad anyway and was able to move on. That's good. Yeah, I know. I'm like, well, sorry. For a second, it sounded like you thought you were sad and then realized you weren't sad. No, I was sad. (laughs) My feelings were hurt. Dissipated. Yeah. Yeah. No. And then I had a really good cry about it and then I moved on. Oh, good. Yeah, I had that emotional release. Yeah. I allowed that to happen Did also. Did you, was there anything that helped, like like I said, I've said before, like Last of the Mohicans, family, is it family It was stone? a person. So I was in the company of a person, oh. and this person is just a safe person, oh. and so I was able to just start yeah. talking, and then Mental. before I knew it, I was like yelling and crying, oh. okay. and, but not at this person, but it was just like in the presence of this person, I was allowed to, I yeah. felt like I could just vent, yeah. and then I felt better. Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. Is that person okay? I think so. I did follow up with that person and I was like, I'm really sorry for that happening. And they're like, that's okay. Like, we're, that's like I'm okay. And I was like, okay, thanks. I'm glad we're okay. You're that's okay. Good. I'm okay. I feel better now. Thanks for that space. Good. But that's what friends are for. Totally. I think so. Um, also, what's funny is that lends into the fact that for us who are Eastern Orthodox, this weekend kicks off our Great Lent. So this Sunday sure is the does. Sunday of forgiveness, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh gosh, this is always so timely. And so when this conflict happened, I was like, oh, right. Like, not that we just have one day of forgiveness and that's the only time we forgive only each once. other. Just once. Only no, once. we strive to do that all the time. It's just very poignant that at the beginning of our great fast, um, that we start with a day of forgiveness. And so I was thinking about that and, um, thinking about if I have wronged anybody, like just know mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. that we ask for, for forgiveness. Yes. And yeah. Um, 
And that does not mean, as one of my other therapists says, it does not mean that you're letting people off the hook. You're just forgiving them. Oh, gosh. Have I not had that conversation, too? Like, there is a difference well, between forgiving and forgetting. Before. And we have had the same <laughs> therapist, right? Like, no, I. And there, there's no conflict of interest. Just no, so no, no. People know. There's <laughs> no, no. Not with that therapist. Um, and it doesn't mean, like, it's hard to forget. And we, right? Sometimes with grace, like, we'll, yeah. we'll forget the hurts. Um, but, but yeah, the forgiveness is just as, you know, as some people have said, letting go of this space mm. so I can welcome in other good things yes. to happen. I'm a tr- I'm a huge believer in that. Absolutely. Yeah. Clear out stuff, even physically. Every once in a while, I'll be like, okay, what do I need to clear out of my house so that I can make space for new energy to come in? Totally. It's like spring yeah. cleaning. Love it. Which is, I mean, yeah, we do a physical spring cleaning and then yeah. we've got our spiritual spring cleaning. But anyway, I'm excited yeah. for the start of Great Lend. It means um, more services and some of the ones that are my favorites. True. Um, and then a little bit of a different diet, if all goes well. <laughs> I'm chuckling as I say that, because I always start off with the best of intentions. And I'm like, I'm going to lose 15 pounds this Lent, you guys. And then at the end, I'm like, I am fluffier than I was at the start. I don't get it. But that's because bread. I know, this is bread. You're like, I'm not going to have this steak, but that I, slice of bread looks fantastic. I start off, I'm like, I'm going to eat salads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, while it's snowing and blizzarding out who wants and a then salad it's blizzarding it's and i'm like out? chili sounds amazing with cheese <laughs> and fritos gotta do frito pie uh-huh. yeah so we'll see you guys yeah. best of intentions we, we'll start off hopefully yeah. really strong anyway yeah um so i'm excited to do some more puzzling <gasps> oh my God, we just lost her for a second i, 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 I have to edit that out i got on so excited <laughs> She, she tried she tried to suck down the microphone. <laughs> I was just so overjoyed by your transition. <laughs> I've been sitting on that one for a good two minutes. Like, oh yeah, I can't wait for this. I don't know, you've got five beverages in front of you. Do you need to have some? <laughs> uh. <clears throat> Oh, yeah. So does this mean you're going to do some more puzzling? I love puzzling. You do. And in you're fact, a beast at puzzling. A year ago, I was looking at, you know, your memories as they pop uh, up. And I had sure. said something about puzzling right before we went into quarantine. And I was remembering yeah. like, oh, we were already in Lent this time last year. Mm-hmm. So I was already puzzling. Yeah. Because I, I was like, oh, I need an activity to do. So I think that kicked off my like... Love, well, I have always had a love of puzzling, but I, I do. I feel like yes. in the last few months, you've really amped it up, though. It's like a puzzle a week. Okay, well, what happened was... <laughs> what happened was... At Christmas time, when um, I think I was doing some shopping, mm. right? The few uh, months before that, in the summer, there were no puzzles left on the shelves. Everyone was grabbing puzzles. Right. Yeah, we kept looking. So when I was Christmas yeah. shopping and I saw that there were puzzles on the shelves, I just grabbed like six. Did you do... Um, our sister-in-law made us some really cool puzzles with pictures of ourselves. Did you do yours? I am working on it now. Oh, I just did the border. Oh, mm-hmm. nice. This week. Maybe but, I should do that. I think... Are you going to frame it? I feel like I, I want to so. frame it. It's yeah. definitely going to get glued yeah. for sure. It's I don't a global remember one. the pictures. It might make me cry. I have to look at the pictures. And well, see. and to be honest with you, one of the pictures on there, I'm like, I don't think that's me. <laughs> uh huh. That's their other. She's going to hear this eventually, but I'm like, <laughs> as I'm doing the puzzle, I'm like, I just, I don't think that's me. Um, I'll have to look at it. Uh huh. It's hilarious. To, uh, well, she showed it to me, but and it would make more sense. I mean, the ones with my face are definitely like me and my face, but there's like. <laughs> One on a boat, and I'm like, I I know I was on a boat, but I don't think that's me. Oh my gosh! But it's hilarious. hilarious. <laughs> I mean, and it, it goes like with the rest of the puzzle. Everyone into my family. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> into my home. And I'm like, I don't think those are my toes. <laughs> uh huh. 
Yeah. <laughs> she got identified by her toes. Uh-huh. Yeah. I had to oh look boy. close. Anyway, so yes, I am doing puzzling. I'm really excited. I'm I'm like in the groove right now. Yeah. What about you? Oh, for Lent, I I plan two or three days ahead of time. So I meant I for guess, puzzling. Oh, but <laughs> I'm like, we're two days away from Lent, so I should probably get on that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if this like, is this in the frame or no? Yeah. It is. Yeah. So we're working on the Volk, Volkswagen. Volkswagen. Um, puzzle. Yeah. Um, it's pretty awesome. And so coming along, I am hoping... Hoping and praying that I have all the pieces here. I have had some children who've tried to put puzzle pieces together. They've been very helpful. And I've also had to ask the parents to make sure that their children's pockets are empty so mm-hmm. that no puzzle pieces go. They just don't walk away. Um, so yeah, this one's coming along really nicely. And I also have one that we got from our sister-in-law. So I think that might be a good one. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, this is a monumental puzzle. It is. This is over 3,000 pieces. 3,168. Um, and there are cars in it that are in multiple places. So the same car can be in different places in the same puzzle. So it yeah. can be very confusing. And they could be different sizes or have a different background. And yeah, it's a really fun puzzle. This is one that Sean and I actually did. And then finished it, and that's the one where we had three pieces missing. And I tried contacting the company. They said they were going to send me a replacement. Never did. So I just went ahead and got another one. Yeah, so if Ravensburger wants to sponsor us <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> to make up for that. I think we've talked about them before. We would yeah. welcome it. So the goal is to actually glue this and make it into some sort of table. It's a giant table, but like a coffee mm-hmm. table. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news... Leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. I think it'd be amazing. Yeah, so I have to figure that out, um, how to do that, but... It was, it's a daunting puzzle. It was very difficult. It, yeah. I mean, it has been very difficult. Yeah. And it's been, a, it's been pretty emotional for me doing this one, but um, I'm kind of excited for the end result. So and I think it's going to be very cool. I have, I have asked, I have asked for some help. We did puzzle and pizza night one night um, and Anna has come and helped. And this helped us discover that we approach puzzles very differently. We do. Oh my God. We so do. I am very methodical. I like to pick, and Sean and I were very similar in this. We would pick something in the puzzle. First, obviously, we would do the border. So we'd go through all the pieces. You have to do the border try first. Try and find the border, all the all the border pieces, put them together. And then we would just pick, I would start by picking colors. Like there are certain colors of this puzzle, and I'd pick like all the red. I'm going to do all the red cars. And so I would literally go through and sort through all of the puzzle pieces to find all the red puzzle pieces um can I, that I was working on can yeah. I so so the the puzzle pieces are mm-hmm. in the bo- uh, um, one side of the box right uh-huh. and she shoves them over <laughs> and then piece by piece will like mm-hmm. pick them up just like you do with the border right so yeah. you have to kind of go piece by piece for yeah. the border yeah but I watched at the beginning of this when we first pulled out all the border pieces I watched Alexandra then go piece yeah. by piece yeah. and you got that how else are you gonna find for the red pieces for red pieces yeah how else are you, yeah you you shuffle the yeah. box you you shove no, but then you have so many that are 
upside down then yes. then you're like wait I feel like I've looked at the same puzzle piece four times and you, and certainly you might have. have and you get to know it really well three hours have gone by and you found three pieces you get to know that piece really well so that by the time <laughs> you need it you know exactly what it looks like yeah. and where it goes this leads into the kind of puzzler <laughs> Anna is which is I think I'm a um wait if you're a I'm a sorter you're a sorter yeah I'm no. a sifter yes you are a sifter I'm a sorter yes. you're a sifter um or a shuffler as we have said so yeah. I like What's funny is I was on the phone with a friend not too long ago and I was working on a puzzle while on the phone and I was like doing my shuffle thing and I move pieces this raking way. Raking her hands. Raking through. my hand yeah. through it. And I move them this way and I move them this way and I move them this way. And I'm just doing this while on the phone with a friend. And he was finally like, is everything okay over there? And I was like, uh-huh. And he's like, I'm <laughs> hearing this noise. And I was like, oh God, I had no I had no idea how loud I was really being with yeah. my shuffling of the puzzle yeah. pieces back and forth but yeah I thought like Alexandra was just so meticulous with like yeah. picking up one piece at a time and moving yeah. it to the other side of the box and I and she's like this is going to take forever and I'm like no no kidding it's going to take forever no. because let me tell you you puzzle very differently than I do so Anna goes through what did you say shifting Sh- shifting sort sifting sifting That's yeah you're is. a sorter sifting. I'm a sifter uh, yeah, you are a sifter and so she goes through and she goes oh hey here's a puzzle piece and puts it on on the table oh here's a puzzle piece and puts it on the table I literally one time had to go back through because she had piles everywhere so and I was like I cannot I cannot mm-hmm. have these piles my OCD mm-hmm. I cannot have these piles so I literally went one night stayed up a little later to go through and put uh all those pieces together even if even if they weren't complete, like the whole, the, this whole puzzle is done in, in smaller boxes. So even if those boxes weren't complete, I had to go through because having random singular pieces of puzzle pieces, which there are a bunch right now, it was driving me crazy. Excuse me. It's very funny. It, it, actually, in the beginning, when we started to do this together, um, we talked about our onotism and yes. allotism. Um, and that, yes. yeah, because I was looking at the box and I'm like, oh, this piece looks like it goes to this car in this box in this location on the table. And, and she would just stick it. There's <laughs> nothing like, That's else where there. That goes. Nothing else mm. there. Just the sheet on the table. And she would just stick a puzzle piece just right there in the middle. And Al's and like... <laughs> If we don't find the rest of that square, <laughs> that piece going. is going back in the box. And I was like, wait, what? Totally. Yep. Just right back in the box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, we'll see well, about that. And then our sister-in-law, I said, okay, she likes doing puzzles as well. And so I explained, I said, well, I'm a sorter. Anna's a sifter. And she goes, I'm a combo. And I said, what's a combo? Mm-hmm. How can you even have a combo? So she does, a, so she does Anna's sifting to find pieces that all go together. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. We called her the shuffler or the shifter. The shifter. I don't know, remember. Yeah. Don't something know. like that. Sifter sorter. So uh-huh. the question to all of you is what are you? If you puzzle, <laughs> mm-hmm. are you a sorter? Are you a sifter? Are you a shifter? Or a shuffler? Or is there another is there another option? Yeah. I don't know. How do you puzzle? Yeah. Hmm. It made us think. It's definitely been comical. <laughs> and we um we have made jokes about how um some of us puzzle wrong. <laughs> Well, no, it was not. It was because watching Anna and our sister-in-law go through and puzzle, I I gave them assigned seats. And I said, you can work on this side of the puzzle. And I worked on my corner and I had to avert my eyes. I was stressing me out watching them. I was like, I can't believe how stressed out I'm getting watching them puzzle. And then, so I got all little Tupperwares and I was like, you just put your puzzle pieces into these Tupperwares. So I know. Yeah, so they're not all over the table, but yeah. now they're in Tupperware containers. Because our sister-in-law was like, I'm going to go find all the license plates. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Alexandra was like, I oh, think no. I need to take a break. <laughs> 
So I got her some Tupperware to, <laughs> to put the license plates in there. It's been really fun, but I can't wait to see yeah. the final product. I was telling her, like, I'm kind of sad at how much progress there. has been made. I'm not sad at the progress. The progress is great, but I'm sad because I know this is going to come to an end. Like a good book, you know, when you get to the end and you're like, ah, yeah. now what? Yeah. What else am I going to do? And we're probably going to do another puzzle next. So yeah. there will be I other might. puzzles. I might just leave the sheet up and, and do some more puzzles. Who knows, you guys? Yeah. Stay tuned. Yeah. Anyway, at this point, we want to turn to our friend and guest extraordinaire, oh Coach. Amazing. Um, love this woman. She is just phenomenal. And so we are very grateful to and want to welcome Misty Coolis to the show. Yay! All right, Misty Coolis, thank you so much for joining us today. We are yes, so honored thank to you. have you with us. Um, we, as you know, are focusing on March Madness this month. Um, and are interviewing some of our favorite educator coaches. And we're delighted that you could join us today. Well, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here awesome. with you guys. Oh, yeah. We're pumped. We're jazzed because we just think you're a phenomenal person, human all around. Yes. Our first question for you today is, what do you do? How did you get into coaching? Well, um, interestingly enough, uh, I played college volleyball. And um, for me, I never planned on being a coach. In fact, after I quit playing, I was working full-time at the hospital. And one of my friends was the head coach at the local community college. So I was young, early 20s, and I would go in and help her uh, with the teams. And I remember driving them once as a, like what they called it, kind of a graduate assistant maybe. And I was driving them in the van and I remember they were, so they were close to my age. I was a little bit older, but I just remember thinking to myself, I will never coach volleyball. <laughs> I will never coach a sport. Like if they were Famous just so words. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I was a business professional working in a hospital, minding my own business. And I played in the local like rec leagues of volleyball and things like that. And one day I'm at the hospital and I get this call and on the other line, on the other end of it is a man named Steve Lehman. And he, um, he was an athletic director at a middle school in our community. And he's like, hi, Misty. He was like, I, let me introduce myself. And I'm from a local middle school. And would you be interested in coaching volleyball? We've heard you're pretty good at playing. Would you be interested in coaching? And in my head, I was like, you know, well, I've never, I'd never really considered coaching at that point, especially youth. And so I knew I liked playing. So I thought, I go, well, I don't know, but I'll come out and meet with you and we'll talk about what it looks like. Um, so at that time, I still didn't have my girls yet. I was, you know, newly married and so kind of bored, I guess, you know, just working times. I don't have any hobbies um, besides playing myself. Uh, so I remember. I remember it so vividly. I remember getting to the stoplight that was right before the school. And I remember praying to God and saying, if I turn right, this will change my life forever. And I remember saying, if I turn left, I'm not going to have to deal with it. And then I, I won't ever be a coach. So I turned left. <laughs> <laughs> and I made it a block. And then I swear God's discernment came into my head. And it was like, keep your commitments. You said you would meet with him. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's true. So I turned <laughs> back around, and I was just going to meet with him, hear him out, tell him no thank you, and walk away. So I go into the school. I meet with him, and 
you know, he tells me, hey, we're going to give you about 50 kids in the seventh and eighth grade. You're going to have two courts and you're going to have a two hour practice and you're going to have to figure it out as the head coach. And in my head, the whole time he's telling me all these, he's like, we don't cut, we don't have enough uniforms. So you're going to have to figure that out. It was just a lot of, I was like, no, no. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, but then this is what he did that totally got me. He marched me into the room and inside were the eighth grade girls. Of course. <laughs> little high ponytails with the bow. And I'll never forget Michaela Deckard to this day. And she looks at me and she goes, are you going to be our new coach? And I swear there was no control in my body. <laughs> Out my mouth comes, yes, I'm going to be your new coach. <laughs> so that's how I became a coach. Um, and so what was kind of cool when I was there, I coached, uh, head, I was the head volleyball coach of the middle school. I was the assistant basketball middle school coach. And then I was the uh, assistant softball coach. So it was oh, great wow. middle school and in the high school. So every day I would finish work. I would run out to the school. I would coach all the sports and I was there every day. So I was, I had worked my, you know, relationships with even the middle school, the high school coaches. And it was really fun. And it was, it was really awesome. I loved it a lot. That is so cool. Now, did yeah. you, have you coached at all levels then like middle, high and collegiate? Yeah. So I started there. Interestingly enough, I had never applied for a coaching job that I've had. So they all called me. Um, so I've actually coached uh, high school and collegiately um, even. And it was kind of, a, again, I think it's a God thing. I kind of call myself the Mary Poppins of volleyball. <laughs> um, the programs I've come in and, and been asked to help have been late, right before the season is supposed to start. We don't have a coach. And my first high school uh, job was with two club girls that I had coached in club. Uh, their coach had been fired and they had said, hey, you know, we're two weeks from season. We don't have a coach. Would you consider it? It was an hour away from my house. Well, I had just gotten my girls and they were young. They were four and five. Um, I hadn't quite gone into full-time care with them yet. It was still kind of on and off and respite. And so I was like, yeah, I think I can do that. So um, it was an hour one way and we oh, practiced wow. And evenings. Yeah. And they were amazing. We lost eight games in the three years I was there. It was amazing. They were. So, so what are you coaching now? What, what so, level are you coaching now? Yeah. So now um, I still coach pre COVID. I still go to Nebraska <laughs> and Kansas State University as a contract coach, uh, as a summer coach. So I'll coach uh, things like, you know, teams like that or players like that. And then I also own my own small business. I started a club here in Kansas City and I started it to, you know, we talk about the social economic diversity in, in club sports. It costs a lot of money to play a club sport. Um, and so I'm really proud. We had four young women that we were able to scholarship this year that we were awesome. able to pay. Yes. Um, you know, just different stories that are not my stories to tell, but they are the ones that, you know, they're the why we do it. So um, I have 10 teams. I have right at 10 amazing coaches uh, that, you know, I'm trying to think really quick. But anyway, there's about 10 of us on staff 
that are amazing. Um, and we all work together to help these young women get better. We serve 107 families right now in Kansas City area, and they're, it's just the best. So, um, yeah, it's, so that's what I do now. That's, that's awesome. What a yeah. service to your community. I think that's stellar. Yeah, well, that's my purpose, right? That's where I'm the happiest. Um, that's where I'm the most confident. And for me, it, it is so fun to watch them have those moments where they just get it. And, you know, for them, it's the most important thing. And so if it's important to them, it's fun to help them get better at it. That's really cool. Very admirable. That's awesome. So who would you say inspired, who's your inspiration when you coach? So I worked under a lot of amazing coaches. I would say as far as all-time GOAT, greatest of all-time coaches, her name is Lynn Vick. She is by far the greatest of all time. I worked with her every day for three years. She was my assistant um, uh, volleyball coach. I was her assistant basketball coach. I was her assistant softball coach. So that woman put up with me and helped guide me and train me as a young 20 something trying to figure out how to coach and and um and she by far is and she's still coaching she's a PE teacher that is in the middle school and has been there I, I don't even know how long but she is the greatest of all time collegiately Susie Fritz hands down hands down at K-State University um when if you ever hear any of her like sometimes they'll do sound bites for their promotional videos and you'll hear her say things like, Hey, that's pretty good. Just not good enough. We need to be a little bit better. <laughs> so it's just this, such a great positive way of, of encouraging and yet pushing. So she's by far my all time favorite collegiate. And then, yeah, I think of all time, I look up to all coaches. I think, you know, even outside of the sports realm, you know, you look at Brene Brown as a coach of, of, emotional growth and intelligence and you know I you know anybody who's working I think anybody in any kind of physical therapy occupational therapy speech therapy those coaches I idolize and look up to um anyone in counseling or you know any kind of psychology who's coaching kids or even us people those people are to me the greatest all-time coaches in my opinion that's too. awesome one of the greatest of all time <laughs> I do. Um, so interestingly enough, some of our other guests, when I ask this ne next question, they're like, this is a really hard one. Um, and so it's not meant to be a stumper, but okay. <laughs> what, what would you say are some of your proudest moments? Oh, you know, this one is easy for me because my, and you know, there's a lot of great, like I could like game talk you and tell you about this time that I took this little high school team that had never been to state in school history. And the first year I took them, they had only won three years of the game prior, but the first year I took them, we finished 500. And then the next year we actually went to state uh, because I kept telling them, I'm like, we will go to state. So that was pretty cool as far as like the game time, but those aren't my favorites at all. My, my biggest wins. So I think one of my favorite, like, moments of coaching uh one of them is i had this tall baby giraffe redheaded ginger in my seventh grade class and i couldn't remember her name she was just as tall as she was lean and and i kept putting her with the eighth graders and she'd be like coach i i'm in the seventh grade you need to put me the seventh graders oh sorry 
And uh, her name is Kaylee Mater. And she, um, when I was coaching collegiately, I had met Tim and I'd fallen in love and I needed to move to Kansas City. So I'd recruited 20 young women to come in and play for me that coming fall. And here it was June. And uh, she was a graduate assistant at Swasu. And I said, Kaylee, would you please come and coach my, you know, these girls, these young women, I love them. They're amazing. And she came in and did awesome. We, uh, you know, she, and now she's the head coach at Missouri Southern, which is a D2 coach. And we talk almost every day. So that's one of my proudest coaching moments, I guess, is that, you know, this deep, long lasting relationship that I've developed with her as, you know, her, even now she's more, she mentors me as much as like, I, it used to be that mentor mentee relationship, but now we're peers and it's just fun to figure out life with her. Um, and then my other favorite one of all time is there was a young woman, I was coaching high school and she came into practice sobbing her eyes out. And I was like, what's going on for you? And she was the daughter of a single mom, several kids, I think seven or so. And she didn't have her books for her, you know, college classes. And so luckily my daughter was in her same grade. And I was like, Hey, I need you to figure out what books she's missing. And we're going to go to the college and we're going to get them and you're going to give them to her. And so now she's a physician's assistant. And so like, I, you know, I don't know that necessarily anything I did made her become a physician's assistant. Right. But in that moment when she needed help and like, you know, we're maybe only there to coach a sport, but I think we're there to coach so much more than that. And so now I'm so proud of her. And then of course there's hundreds and of other women now that are amazing mothers that are amazing teachers, um, that are amazing, just women. And I'm just, odd. I, I know it sounds weird, but I'm just so proud of them as women watching them be happy and successful and strong women. Like I just, I'm in awe of them. And so getting to be a part of their life for that small moment, it makes me feel so connected to them. And I get really excited and I celebrate their joy as women today. I, I love that. Yeah. And I think I, I was um, feeling such joy as you were talking. So I'm like, yeah, it actually is really cool. We get these kids for such a teeny tiny part of their lives. And then to know that maybe we, we, we got to experience them um, and had the opportunity to know them. And then they go on to do whatever amazing things and become amazing humans. It's pretty right. cool to think about. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay, so you have your proud moments. What are what are the oops moments? The uh, did that just happen moments? Oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. Well, <laughs> but I have to say the greatest of all time oops moment was yours, Al. I mean, I literally cried laughing so hard I could not catch. <laughs> it was my favorite of all time oops yeah. moment. Yeah, I don't. I don't have, mine's actually more embarrassing, but it's the kind of, uh, like, I will say this as you get older and you coach a sport or something, the longer you coach it, the more you realize how little you really still know about it. But like, <laughs> right. I was so convinced, like I had read books, I had played this. I was so confident in my early, like in my twenties, like I knew what I was doing. And now I look back at that person who was coaching and I'm like, Oh my goodness. What doing but like did that really happen I think the one that I remember and I don't know my players would probably have funnier ones or worse ones 
um, that, that I laugh that I would say, did that really happen? But this is, I'm going to tell it. So I was frustrated in volleyball that they don't always call the ball. I mean, I think if any coach could figure out how to make volleyball players learn to call the ball early and loud, that you would be like the greatest of all coaches, right? If you could figure that out. So I got frustrated and tired of it. So um, instead of having them, I think we call them lines, you know, like you run to one line and down and back. I never made my kids run. I always kind of thought that was kind of silly because I don't need them to run far for volleyball. I seen you run about the width of the court or the length of the court. That's about it. Um, so I took a penny and I put it on each on, on the board for each player. And I was like, you will move that penny one board and call the ball mine every time you move that penny. <laughs> I mean, I lasted about 10 minutes before I got <laughs> They all have inched their way like maybe a foot. And it was like, I know looking back now, I'm like, oh, those poor girls. <laughs> so that is my embarrassing moment I don't know if they remember it but if I had one moment that I was like could go back and redo it would be that one it's so cringy for me <laughs> I um was just talking with a colleague of mine whose son just went to a football camp and um there were former quarterbacks um running this camp and they were saying how um how we remember our quarterback's name from high school and I don't because I didn't have a football team at my school oh I but, totally um, do <laughs> but, like as we get older we always remember this person who held this leadership position and I, I was reflecting like how amazing is that like regardless of the flubs or the amazing things we did it's very likely that the you know everyone that you've ever coached has been like I remember her and it was either because of this amazing experience or this one goof I mean I'm sure I, I got called the B yeah. word. I don't know how many times also for making kids run, but um, that, that you leave an impression with these mm -hmm. youth in one way or another. And so, and even if they give you a hard time in the moment, I feel like, you know, as a adult and get older, yeah, they're good. You know, it, yeah. They'll remember they'll you for that. appreciate the running. You mean, I hope so. <laughs> I, hope, <laughs> I hope they'll be like, exactly. Miss G wasn't that bad after all. <laughs> um, all right, Miss G. Last question for you is, do you have any words for aspiring athletes or aspiring coaches? Any words of inspiration to share? Well, I, you know, as I think anyone, I don't know if they're my words, but I think these are the things that I've learned the most about coaching. I think for coaches, especially the most important thing you can do is believe in a kid. And I think it's believing in them when they don't believe in themselves. I call it the magic and it's the magic of believing. And I think as we get older and, you know, we get um, more exposed to life, that, that experience of believing starts to fade for young adults and young, I mean, young athletes. So I would say if you as a coach can find a way to believe in them when they can't believe in themselves, that's where the magic happens in coaching. And that's where the magic happens for your teams to be the most successful and for yourself to be most impactful. I think the greatest compliment uh, what, that was ever given to me was some criticism from a coach that I had looked up to for many years. He taught me most of what I learned technically. He was amazing. Um, and he said, you know what your problem is, Misty? He goes, you believe too much in kids. So he accused me of not being a realist. 
And I got to tell you, I think that that was my greatest, uh, is my greatest gift in coaching is I believe a lot in people. I believe a lot in kids and kids are amazing. They'll do so much more than you, than you ever, than they believe in themselves. And then whatever you, you know, they will just do more than whatever you can expect of them, I guess is what I'm trying to say, but they're amazing. So they are pretty resilient and that's awesome. I love that. Believe in the magic. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's the only advice I would have for young athletes and I, especially for, or for young coaches. And then for young athletes, I would say, trust your coaches. You know, I think it's hard to earn that trust with coaching. Uh, and I think, you know, it takes time to trust, but I, you know, I wish that trust would come a little easier sometimes for coaches. You know what I mean? Like give them a chance. Watch, let's see what they can help you do. So. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for your words yeah. and for again, yes, thank with you. Us today. Yeah, of course. Wasn't that fantastic? That was so much fun. I oh love her so much. She's amazing. She is so amazing. I love it. Very inspiring. Totally. I feel like every week we're just finding all these different ways that people coach and they're all extraordinary coaches. And I'm like, Oh, I like that tidbit. Oh, I like that tidbit. Yeah. There are yeah. a lot of common themes though. That these um, yes. people that we you know, have chosen like, for our be guests. Kind. Yes. Be, be kind, be compassionate. Yeah. Love what you love do. There. Yeah. Know that what you're doing is serving other people. Absolutely. Oh, I love it so much. All right. But we have come to that point in the show where yes. we're doing the STW joke of Let's the day. Sean, this one is for you. What did the dad buffalo say when he dropped his son off at college? Oh, I was thinking, no, I got nothing. What did he say? Bison. (laughs) Bison. I hate that I laugh at these. (laughs) Bison. Get it? Yes. Okay, good. Um, Our affirmator is gratitude. Show some appreciation. Today I'm grateful for all of the little things. Even when the big things suck, there are always plenty of little things I can be at least a little grateful for, like hot showers, amen, Mm -hmm. and music, and Mm -hmm. the fact that humans invented an internet. Yep. Yep. That all of you can access the interwebs. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And I'm allowed to use it whenever I want to, using fingers and thumbs that do whatever I think them to do at any given moment. Grateful for opposable thumbs. That's right. We appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Check us out. Leave us a review. No, you can find us everywhere. You get your podcasts. Yeah. We do appreciate your reviews. We appreciate your listening and hope you have a great week. Yeah. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. It is your favorite girl. That's right. It's the Allie Mars, the one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. 
Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice in the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.